Presciencia Pick 6 Previews joins us here. Brett, I probably ask you this every year, but what is your routine on signing day, the signing period? Are you all into it? Definitely changed over the years. I remember, say, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, it would be listening to Bill King's show and, and you know, watching message boards and uh, watching the ESPN signing day coverage. Uh, now, I still do the Bill King show, obviously, but uh, a lot of the, the excitement has been gone from this day because uh, I think almost all the five stars, almost all the top 100 prospects are already committed. Um, and then this isn't the final day. I mean, if they don't commit today, they have until February. And then also with the transfer portal, it becomes uh, almost the focus on where the top transfers are going. So, um, you know, there's still some great coverage across the country. I'll, I'll tune in and, and follow it, but it definitely has lost some luster and some of the finality that it used to have on that February day, the first uh, Wednesday in February. No, Kev brings up something. He's up in Chicago. Wants to know, how do you think Michigan does today? But here's the better part of this question. He said, it sounds like Harbaugh is sick of the NCAA screwing with him, and he's out. There is an overwhelming sentiment, Brett, that once Michigan is complete with their football season, whenever that is here with the playoffs, he's gone. Yeah, well, I mean, that's been talked about the last couple off seasons. Uh, he's looked at the NFL. He clearly has an interest of returning to the NFL. Um, that's, that's evident by the coaching searches he's been involved in, the interviews. So I think he still has that, that itch to get back there. So, um, yeah, it would not surprise me, especially the, the ringer that they've gone through, right or wrong, um, you know, with the NCAA violations and the Big Ten suspension. And so, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Recruiting-wise, um, you know, average. It's, it's not what you'd, what you'd expect from a team that's been in three straight college football playoffs. Usually you'd think that that would boost them into the top ten, probably the top five. They're sitting there at 16th right now, and that's usually pretty good. But for the big, the new Big Ten, that's going to be barely above average when, when you're crowded with Oregon and Penn State and USC, Ohio State. Uh, even Nebraska and Wisconsin are surging right now. So, yeah, it's a tough recruiting landscape anymore for them. I don't know if you've had a chance to take a look, but Dylan Rayola this morning has signed with Nebraska. From a newsworthy standpoint for Matt Rule in that program, that's a big moment. Yeah, that's, that's potentially a program changer because um, – they haven't landed a five-star at any position since 2006. Uh, they hadn't landed a five-star ever in the modern – five-star quarterback ever in the modern history of recruiting. So, um, And when you watched Nebraska last year, the problem was at quarterback. I mean, almost the entire problem was at quarterback. The defense was elite, in my opinion. It was really strong defensively, um, some bright spots on offense. But at quarterback, the turnovers were brutal. So you, get, you go out, you sign the number one overall quarterback in the class, huge momentum spot for Nebraska. We talked months ago about this where he was considering Georgia, uh, Nebraska, and USC, and ultimately flips from Georgia to Nebraska here. So, uh, yeah, that surges Nebraska into the top 20 for recruiting. Um, I'd like to see if that lands uh, or leads to more domino effect of transfers that want to come play with them. I can, you know, I can, I can see a scenario where a lot of top receivers want to come in and play with, with Rayola. So, um, yeah, program changer for Matt Rule, um, and yeah, I think there's something to build around here, some legit excitement there for a program that has not had much of it the last five, ten years. How do you think Dylan Gabriel plays at Oregon? 
Yeah, I was really impressed with Dylan Gabriel. Um, you know, September, October, he was on my list to consider for the Heisman, especially after he led that big comeback win, that comeback drive against Texas in the final minute. I thought that was pretty impressive and had the stats to back it up. Got banged up a couple weeks there in October, November, um, and then Oklahoma fell out of the playoff race. But really great stats season. I think he's going to do great at Oregon. I mean, they, they hit on their last transfer with Bo Nix, and uh, this looks like a similar case where a guy, a very experienced college quarterback, can come in, learn the new offense, and distribute to their playmakers. So, yeah, that's probably the top quarterback transfer so far for me. Uh, I know the rankings on 24-7 and other sites don't bear that out, but to me that's the top quarterback transfer so far. Well, and there's talk that Dante Moore, who once committed there, might be heading there too. Dante Moore can't think he's going to be getting the job immediately. Right. And I, I don't know the eligibility status of Gabriel. I'd assume that'd be a one-year deal. So maybe with right. Dante Moore, he's looking ahead uh, past 2024 and could use another year of development because he was thrown into the mix really early on. He's a true freshman this year at UCLA, uh, thrown into a tough spot there on their offense and, and struggled a bit. So I think it's not the worst-case scenario for a guy to learn under a new offense, under uh, experienced quarterback in Gabriel, and then take over full-time in 2025. But, um, I mean, hey, or he can go compete, have a huge offseason, improve, and compete with Gabriel. But my money would be on Gabriel right now to start in a head-to-head battle. But uh, we'll see what Dante Moore does. It's really interesting. Last year, California had, and that was the class of 23, Five-star quarterbacks, Nico Iamaleava, you had Malachi Moore. It was a good year. California is always a good year, right, when it comes to players, quarterbacks, etc. Malachi Moore goes to Southern Cal, waiting on Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is now moving on, and Malachi Moore is transferring, I'm assuming because everybody expects Will Howard to go to USC. Yeah, the quarterback carousel rages on. Uh, it, it does surprise me though because he was uh, what? He was a five-star quarterback, one yeah. of the top, yeah, one of the top quarterbacks in that entire class. Has a year in the system and is scared away by by some competition by Will Howard. And um, I don't know. I I don't know what it is with quarterbacks nowadays. They seem really averse to to competition, and it's surprising because when you watch these teams over the course of twelve, thirteen games, there are a lot of injuries at the quarterback position. I mean. Any team has to go through a couple of weeks where they're banged up or with a backup. So there are definitely – I know we, we say only one guy can play, but uh, a lot of times, I'd say almost more often than not, the backup gets some significant key moments of the season and can go improve himself. So uh, I'm just shocked at the amount – or say the lack of the amount of competition at the quarterback spot. People are uh, really, really just looking to transfer and get an automatic starting job. Look at Kyle McCord. Uh, the rumor that came out, I don't know if it's confirmed, but – Ohio State said, "Hey, you gotta. Nothing's guaranteed for 2024. You gotta compete and, and develop for the starting job." He runs away from that. Considers Nebraska. And probably got news that they had Rayola coming. Runs from that, and then ends up at Syracuse, where I assume there's no competition at quarterback. So, very strange the anti-competition at quarterback. But that's just a, a mark of the modern era right now. Brett Sianza is with us each and every Wednesday. Always a pleasure to have him. Signing period. I don't call it signing day, Brett, and that's what everybody's called it for decades because it's not signing day. It's a period. It's a 72-hour period. It's not one day. I wanted to ask you, Cam Ward from 
Incarnate Word in San Antonio to Washington State, now free agent. Everybody wants him. Probably down to Miami or Florida State. Do you think one is a better fit than the other? Wow, that's a great question. Um, well, I, I would start with Florida State. I mean, look at what Mike Norvell has done uh, with a mobile quarterback, a dual threat, Jordan Travis. And I think with Cam Ward, maybe more of a passer, but, I mean, he definitely has the foot speed and is able to extend plays in the pocket. Uh, a more proven program right now. So if you're Cam Ward, I think you look at Florida State. Miami, I, I thought that two years into the crystal ball era would be a better product than we have so far. Uh, that, that has been somewhat of a surprise. I thought that this time was different with him. Uh, give it another year and I'll we'll see. But I think the best spot for Cam Ward out of those two would be Florida State. But it is interesting that those two Florida teams are going head-to-head for him. They're also throwing a ton of money in, uh, in NIL deals at Jeremiah Smith, the other five-star receiver, uh, who's set to commit at noon today. I think he's an Ohio State lean still. But he, uh, Smith himself had said that he's getting huge offers from the Florida schools. Brett Ciancia, Pick 6 Previews. I was talking about this the last few days. We're still in the embryonic stages of this whole freebie transfer, but also name, image, likeness, money. And we don't really know what the market is. There's a bunch of lies. Brett, nobody confirms any number. It's just loosely thrown out there about players. And we don't really know yet if you can overwhelm a roster with transfers. Example, Ole Miss is having a phenomenal transfer portal hall here and might well still get Walter Nolan, who apparently has got it down, he just said, to Ole Miss and Oregon. But one of the theories is, could you bring in such a vaunted portal class with all these money rumors, throw them at a roster, and poison a locker room? Yeah, well, it's definitely a great experiment. No one's doing it better than Lane Kiffin, who calls himself the Portal King. He certainly <laughs> has earned that nickname. Uh, I think it's three straight years now they'll finish in the top three of transfers. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting for a program like Ole Miss because uh, on the high school recruiting trail and given their location and given their resources compared to the Bamas and Georgias of the world, they're never going to outcompete them. They're never going to outsign a class, so they're not going to be a number one class. But – a way they can make up that ground is through an innovative offense that Kiffin has, an offense that transfers want to come play for, and then having a great transfer coach like Lane Kiffin. So he's, he's catching them up through the transfer portal, and it seems to be working. I mean, 10-win uh, season this year, uh, way more competitive than they have been in the past. So, yeah, and look at some of these names. they got Juice Wells, the top, one of the top receivers in the whole SEC, coming in from South Carolina, fresh off that injury. Uh, Richardson from Mississippi State, Key Lawrence, a very experienced safety from Oklahoma, uh, one of the best pass rushers from Florida. So there's a lot of good names on this list, and I'm, I'm sure he'll add a couple more to this cycle. But, yeah, it's definitely an experiment. I mean, it worked so far for Ole Miss. It worked for Florida State. Mike Norvell doesn't get enough credit there. Uh, maybe it hasn't worked so much at other places, but uh, something, something definitely to monitor. And so far with Kiffin, now we were talking with Ole Miss Evie the other day. She said two years ago there did seem to be a little bit of a chemistry issue with the team. But the last couple of years hadn't been a problem bringing in those yeah, maybe, uh Yeah, maybe a couple more cycles in that's working. Um, 
I guess the other two big experiments so far were Colorado. I mean, that's still that's still TBD. I think they have another big transfer class coming in today, uh, this cycle. So uh, the jury's still out there. They did improve from one to four wins, but I don't know what we have with Colorado. They're still the biggest mystery in college football. The other big experiment was USC's defense, and that did not hit home. I mean, I think we still have to uh, stress the importance of the coaching, the coordinators, the player development, and the culture because uh, they signed a ton of five stars on paper through the transfer portal defensively and still trotted out one of the worst defense in the country. So uh, it's just uh, like, like with recruiting, it's just a starting point. You know, you got to bring in good players. That's just the starting point. You got to develop them. You got to have great uh, coordinators, great schemes that fit, and you got to have player retention once you bring them in. So uh, just one piece to the big puzzle. Brett Ciancia, Pick 6 Previews is with us each and every Wednesday. When did you first start keeping up with recruiting? Uh, yeah, probably uh, when I was in middle school, I'd say. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than some of the audience, but back uh, in middle school, it was still, you know, at, at the beginning of the modern recruiting era where we're starting to pick up speed. It was starting to get ESPNU coverage. Um, so you had a, a live show to actually watch and tune into. Uh, the recruiting sites were getting big, and you, you could log in and see the rankings minute by minute. Um, and then message boards were big, too, and you could just see the rumor mill from there. Mess- you know, mid-2000s message boards were a whole different beast. I, I missed that era. Uh, it was a lot of excitement. So, But, yeah, you're right about it being where it was one day. It was February, early February. You could you know, take off work or get out of school or whatever and just log in all day, and it was really the college football Christmas in terms of uh, gifts for your team. Because And back then, when you signed a guy, you, you pretty much knew you had him for three, four, five years. Uh, now a lot of that luster has been lost because it's just an open period. Uh, a lot of the guys are already committed, um, and uh, if they don't commit, they have until February. And then who knows, a lot of these guys might transfer in a year. So it just doesn't have the same appeal. I think it's still an important day. Obviously a culmination of a great career for the player's perspective, but uh, from the fan perspective, it uh, just has lost a lot of luster since the old days. I contend the biggest announcement is Carson Beck coming back to Georgia of all these announcements? Yeah, that's a big one. And I wonder how much of that behind the scenes uh, ended up flipping Rayola to reconsider. I mean, if we talked about quarterbacks competing on the field, maybe he saw that news or heard an inkling of that and then wanted to go uh, to Nebraska instead of Georgia. But And then who knows the domino effect of that cause. But, yeah, that's huge for Georgia. They, you know, they were still going to be a playoff contender anyway, but this solidifies it again that, that Georgia's not going anywhere. I mean, they're, they're three points away from another undefeated season. They'll be right back there uh, contending next year. That's a huge one. We can only surmise, but what do you think next year will be like, the playing portion of the season, when games are not necessarily do or die? Well, I think it loses a lot of luster. I've been talking about this for at least 10 years. I've been talked about uh, everyone's asked, what do you think the best playoff structure should be? Should it expand to 8, 16? I was anti-expansion from the start. I, you know, if you follow me on Twitter or heard me on the radio, you've known that, uh, especially when it wasn't a popular opinion. I think a lot of people are coming back to our side of seeing that maybe the four-teamer was important. But uh, I can't wait either way. I love college football. Brett Ciancia, Pick 6 Previews. Appreciate it, man. See you next week. Thanks, Bill. There he is. Does a fantastic job. Top of the hour, Brad Powers, because we're all Friday. Yeah, Brad will be with us here in about 25 minutes. Omni Nashville Hotel.